So, I, anyway, I got to preach. Uh, Genesis chapter 28. I want to talk to you this morning about something that I don't think that you guys are all doing so well in life that, um, excuse me if I put a, a mint in my mouth today, my voice is a little bit dry. Uh, I had a friend of mine that had multiple services and he would put a mint in his mouth. He knew when to quit preaching because when the mint dissolved, he, he knew that it was time to bring the airplane in for a landing. But a, a button popped off behind his tie and he put it in his pocket where the mint was. And when he went to put the mint in his mouth, he accidentally put the button in his mouth. And the last I heard, he was still preaching. <laughs> but that's a mint. I want to talk to you about something. I'm, I'm, I'm so sure you guys are all so, so well situated in life that you probably uh, don't... It, just take notes on this for your neighbors. Uh, you, you've you, you will not need this in life because uh, you're, you're, you'll never be in this situation. You're, 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 you will, uh, well, here, I'll, I'll just tell you. I want to talk to you about between a rock and a hard place. You, you've never been there, have you? So you, you don't need this, do you? You're looking at me like a tree full of owls. How many of you have ever been between a rock and a hard place? You know what I'm talking about? You do? Now, when, when I'm talking about this, the, the actual scripture that, that is, that this is taken from is, a verse found in the 28th chapter and it's verse 16 and it's Jacob on his first night away from his mommy. Jacob is a mama's boy. He's not like his brother Esau. Jacob and Esau were the sons of Isaac. Now, remember this little litany. It's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But you really wouldn't have wanted it to be Jacob. It would, in fact, it would not have been Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob before the night that we're going to talk about because the Jacob before this night this this rock and hard place night, uh, he he was a lying, conniving, dirty, low down dog stealing from his brother, deceiving his daddy. He 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 was he was no good. But something happened to him on on this particular night. You see, sometimes when you have hard times. <clears throat> God, 
doesn't cause hard times, but he's not opposed to using hard times. Oh, you look so excited. Like, I didn't come to church this morning to be told I'm going to get to go through hard times. I didn't tell you you're going to go through hard times. I just told you that sometimes you make bad decisions. <laughs> oh, I forgot that part, didn't I? That, that, that was the part I meant to tell you in the beginning, that, that sometimes people make bad decisions. I know I have. I, I've even made a couple of bad decisions this week. You haven't made any bad decisions? Okay, I'm going to preach on repentance for about an hour and a half, and then we'll start over. Anybody ever made bad decisions? Anybody made bad decisions this week? Yeah, we have. And here's what the enemy tries to tell you is that if you make a bad decision, that your bad decision is going to keep you from accessing God. You see, I made a bad decision one time when I was about seven years old. Me and my buddy Clint, we saw some guys smoking, so we decided we were going to smoke. Now, you know, when I was seven years old, that's a long time ago, they wouldn't sell us cigarettes. And if we, if we would have found a cigarette, we'd have probably lit our hair on fire trying to smoke it. So what we did is we found some dried grapevines and stole some matches from my mom's kitchen and decided to try to smoke those dried grapevines. All we managed to do was make ourselves just dog sick. Can I tell you, don't smoke dried grapevines. Take it from me. It's not worth it. Now, the result of smoking dried grapevines is, number one, we were sick. Number two, we had a terribly guilty conscience. I mean, we were horrible sinners. Number, and we, were like, we felt like convicts. And Clint and I, we, were, we had climbed up in our tree fort, and we were sick. Uh, we smelt awful. We had smoke. Do you know what a, a dried grapevine smells like after it's been caught on fire and it's in our hair and in our clothes? And, and then Clint said, I don't think I can go home. And I said, I, you, I, I can never go home. My dad's a preacher. <laughs> so the result of our guilty conscience said to us, we can't go home. Now, that was about 11.30 on a Saturday. So we both decided we might as well just run away. We can never go home again because we smoked a dried grapevine. So 
we were close to a, a railroad track that ran behind our house. We started walking down the railroad track and our guilty conscience, isn't it funny how the enemy plays on your mind? I'm preaching to you. And he's saying to us, you can never go home again. I'm, especially to me, your daddy's a preacher. You know, the, everybody in the church is going to know you smoked a grapevine. <laughs> yeah, right up there by the tree fort that you built, you and Clint, mm-mm-mm, going to bust hell wide open. Smoked a grapevine. And we're walking down the railroad track, and it's 1130, and about 1145, our stomachs started rumbling. I said to Clint, I said, I am so hungry. He said, me too. And before 12 o'clock, we decided, you know, I think we could go back home. I said, yeah, can we go back home just long enough to eat lunch and we'll run away again? Well, you know the end of that story. We went back home and we stayed. And I never even told my mom about it until I was in college. And one day I was talking to one of my friends and, and he was talking about how he ran away. And I said, yeah, I ran away too once. And my mom said, you never ran away. I said, I did for 30 minutes. (laughs) And I told her the story. But it was all over a a guilty conscience. You see, the enemy of your destiny will put a mistaken belief in your mind that that recent bad decisions, are you listening to me? that recent bad decisions will keep you from accessing your heavenly father. It's exactly what happened to Jacob. What happened was his father Isaac was growing old. He couldn't see anymore. And he realized that his time was short. And these two boys of his had, you talk about sibling rivalry, it wasn't sibling rivalry, it was sibling civil war. They, they were not identical twins. Esau had been born first. Esau was hairy and, and bulging muscles, extra testosterone. And uh, Jacob was a little less hairy tended to stay around home, learned to cook from his mother. And if you think dysfunctional families are a recent invention, you need to read about this family. If, if we should have invented psychiatrists and sent them back in the, you know, that flying car from, what is that movie? Back to the Future. And had them do some counseling because uh, uh, Rebecca loved Jacob and Isaac loved Esau. And Esau was a man of the fields and hunting. Esau was like, I don't know, he could have invented dim-witted because he would leave home and come back so starving, he would come back barely crawling into the camp And Jacob would take such advantage of him as he comes crawling back to camp and he smells the pot of beans that Jacob is cooking. And Jacob's just cooking the beans, watching the poor guy crawl up. And he said, I'm starving. Jacob said, "Mm, okay. Wouldn't even feed the brother. 
until the brother says, what do I have to give you? Mm, How about a birthright? Gives him a pot of beans, takes advantage of his weakness. That's the kind of, when they were born, it started that way in the womb. When Esau was born first, I mean, Jacob grabbed his heel as if to say, if I could pull you back inside so I could be born first. That's how early their rivalry started. Now, close to the end of their father's life, Isaac said to Esau, look, I'm about to die. And I want to pass everything off, the family fortune, the family, the family, and and they were wealthy. Wealth wasn't counted in dollars and cents. Wealth was counted in flocks and herds and lands. And and maybe Esau wasn't the best one to handle all of that. The way that it was passed off is the hand of the father was laid on the son and that's, that was the official deed. The deed was done. And he said, I want you to go hunting. I want you to kill a deer, cook it that special way that I like. And after I eat, I'm going to lay my hand on you. And it's all passed off to you. I don't know how much longer I'll live after that, but it's yours. You can run it like you want. Esau picked up his bow and arrow and took off for the fields but Rebecca overheard the mother overheard the conversation and she went to Jacob and said look we got to do something about it because if your dim-witted brother gets his hand on the family fortune there's no telling where we'll be and Jacob said I, 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 what do you want me to do about it she said never mind now, now, dysfunctional What kind of family is this? So she said, you go get a goat. And here's what we're going to do. I know how to cook a goat so your, your father won't know the difference between venison and goat. And here's what we're going to... Jacob's probably saying, Mom, look, number one, my voice doesn't sound like... Esau, Esau maybe talks like this. I kind of talk like that. And Esau's got hair all over him. He's got hair coming out of his ears. He's got, nope, don't worry about it. We're going to tie that, that goat's hair to your, your arms. Ladies and gentlemen, how hairy do your arms have to be? For somebody to be able to to tie goat skin to your arms and it feel like another fella's arms. I'm sorry. I don't want to be that hairy. That's just kind of over the top for me. He needs a... Can you imagine going to the barber and saying, can you do a little bit of something on my arms too? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Sorry, it's not in the notes, but 
So they cooked the, cooked the goat and tied it on, and Jacob goes in, and the dad may be blind, but he can still hear, and he said, it doesn't sound like Esau. Come over here. Let, let me feel. And he feels, and he said, there is nobody in the world that is as hairy as Esau. He's as hairy as a goat. So that's got to be Esau. Let me taste it. Yep, that tastes like... That means that the mother was deceptive enough to make it... So Isaac puts his hand, and once the blessing is given, it's irretrievable. Not, not too long after that, guess who comes waltzing in with the barbecued deer ribs or whatever it was? It's Esau. Now, friends of mine, I would not want a man whose arms are as hairy as a goat mad at me. He was so mad, he said, that lying, cheating, scoundrel brother of mine, he stole my birthright. Now he stole my inheritance. And he said to his father, he said, can you go ahead and just give me a blessing too? And his father said, I'll pray over you, but I can't bless you in the same way. I've already, it's done. And Esau said to himself, he said, when my father dies, I'm going to kill my brother. I think he would have done it. The mother understood the, the, the nasty rivalry had finally reached a boiling point and and she did evidently she was worried that that Isaac was on life support and so she said to Jacob you better get out you better go now that brings us to exactly this text that I want to tell you it's Genesis 28:16 Jacob is running for his life he has to leave quickly. He, he, I, I want to read verse 11 first because it kind of tells you a little bit of something. I, I just decided to do that. He leaves so quick, he doesn't have time to pack much of anything. How many of you have a favorite pillow? Come on, come on, talk. Is it ugly? Listen, I travel all the time. So I'm, I'm traveling through airports. I just met uh, Frank. Is, he, is Frank in the building or is he still back there protecting us? Where's Frank, Pastor? He's back there. Thank you, Frank, wherever you are. He's got a little thing in his ear, so he's listening. Uh, they tell me Frank works at the airport. He's TSA. I love the TSA. I hate the TSA. They, they help us and they kind of hold us up sometimes at the airport. Uh, they keep us safe. Don't get mad at the TSA. Get mad at Osama bin Laden. Now, that's right. Uh, but I'll tell you what I see at the airport. You can see the ugliest pillows in your life. Why do people insist? Don't they know hotels have pillows? Here's another thing about pillows. 
How many of you have an all-night fight with your pillow? You hit it. You twist it. You turn it. You flip it upside down. You have to get it on the cool side. Go ahead. Hold your hand up. Then you have to turn it sideways. Then you have to fluff it. All right, I'm going to stop and make everybody repent right now because some of you refuse to admit things. You never can get it exactly right because it's hard to get a pillow just right. Well, now you can have some sympathy from my buddy Jacob. He has to leave that, that palatial place where the wealthy family lived... He has to leave so fast because, remember, Isaac is close to death. If he dies that day, that night, what is Esau going to do to Jacob? Say it. And I think he'll do it. He's mad. He just got the inheritance, the double portion inheritance of the brother pulled out from under him. And so Jacob has to leave. Here's what Rachel says to Jacob. Jacob, leave. Leave now. And here's what I want you to do. Go to my brother's house, which is in a far land. And while you're there, stay long enough to find a wife. Because I don't like the girls that are around here. And I'll send for you after your father's dead and your brother's anger has cooled down. I'll send for you and you come back then. But don't come back until I tell you. Because otherwise, you're a goner. So you just stay there and I'll send for you. Well, to get to her brother's house, he had to travel across the wilderness. He had to leave quickly. And I know he had to leave so fast, he didn't have time to pack and prepare for the journey properly. So fast, he didn't even have time to take a pillow. Do you know how I know that? Because of this verse. Verse 11, it says, he came to a certain place and he stayed there all night because the sun was set and he took stones of that place and put them for his pillows. Now, brother, when you have to get a stone for a pillow, you didn't have time to pack. Am I right? Because if you had any time at all, you would have gathered up something. I mean, one time I went to Nigeria, and I'm telling you, this is the, this is, this is the truth. I love Nigeria. I've, I've preached there many times. I went to a very remote place. They set up as best they knew how. The bed looked delicious it's the only way I know how to tell you it did have a pillow unfortunately oh and it had it had a uh, what do you call those things over a bed uh, uh, like a comforter bedspread thing unfortunately it did not have a mattress it had the promise of a mattress it looked like it had a mattress and when I flopped down on it about broke my back. I had to take, 
You know what I did? I took all the clothes out of my suitcase and I spread them out thereupon. And my clothes were well wrinkled, but I slept. My assistant came in and he said, have you felt those beds? I said, I sure did. Look what I did. That's what we're going to do. So you, you make do. He had to make do. He said, I don't have anything to lay my head on. He set up a stone. That's why I'm a smart preacher. Did you know that? That's where I got my title. Between a rock and a hard place. He used a stone pillow. Remember, first night away from mama, mama's apron strings. This boy, he's, he has never spent a night in the wilderness. Now, his brother has. He's, he's out there with the bears, tigers, the bad things. He's, he's hearing howls. He's hearing wild noises. He, he's, he's, he's scared of stuff and he's sleeping on a hard rock. And he thinks he's made bad decisions his whole life. He's, he's smoked a dried grapevine. Are you with me? He can't go back. His, his brother's going to kill him. He, he wishes he could be with his mama. He wishes everything could be put back like it was. He's got an uncertain future. It's a dark night. He is between a rock and a hard place. Bad decisions have put... Oh, but I forgot, you guys have never been there. Am I talking to anybody? How, what do you do? I want to tell you what you do. If you ever get at points like that, sometimes stone pillows can make soft hearts. Now, if you're not careful, you can get mad at God and you can say, this is God's fault. And you can get bitter. You can blame it all on God. Well, it's God's fault. Why God? It ain't God's fault. It's just, just you're conniving. You're, you, well, God ought to get me out of God. ought to do this. God ought to. Come on. It's you. If you just go ahead and say, because... If, if you just let the circum... Yeah, can I tell you something? Life happens. Look at somebody around you and tell them, life happens. There's a scripture in Matthew 5, 45, and it says, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. In other words, you're going to get wet. He, he is lying on a stone pillow and somehow in the middle of that hard moment 
first night away from mama, in that hard night, that dark night of the soul, I believe that Jacob took responsibility and he said, I messed up. And he dreamed and he saw a ladder open and open heaven. Can I, I just want to say it this way. Brokenness on earth creates openness in heaven. So, a, a contrite spirit God will not turn away from. So if, if you will ever just say, I messed up, God says, I'll fix it. But if you ever run from the responsibility, he says, well, just keep running. But if you ever just say, can you help me? I'll be right there. Every good parent runs toward brokenness. Are, 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 you, are you hearing me? If a child falls and skins their knee, a parent doesn't run the other direction. A parent runs toward them. Why? A parent runs toward brokenness. A little kid falls and skins their knee and they, wow! What does a parent do? They drop everything and run over there. And when they get there, it may just be a scratch. But that's okay. Because as good parents, we are attracted to brokenness. And if earthly parents know how to give good gifts, how much more so your heavenly father. So if... if if your earthly parents are attracted to physical brokenness, your heavenly father is attracted to a broken heart. So go ahead and just say, I broke it, daddy. I broke, I messed it up. Can you help me? So somehow in the middle of this dark wilderness, something in Jacob's heart changed. That his heart, you, you might say, and I've heard some preachers even say, oh, Jacob just happened to lay his head down on the right rock. I don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe that if Jacob had laid his head down on this rock and he missed it by not laying his head down on that rock that God would have said, oops, sorry, boy. I guess it's going to have to be Abraham, Isaac, and Roger. Maybe Roger will guess and get the right rock. That's nonsense. It's not about, some people think, well... I just didn't go to the right service. I didn't get to hear the right preacher. I'm not, I guess I wasn't going to the right church. It is not about 
the right geography. It is not about the right rock. It's about your heart being soft. You, you can, you can, oh, he's picking them up the rocks for me. Thank you, sir. I might kick them off again. Who knows? You, 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 can, you can listen to a bad preacher and get saved good. You can, you can hear, hear them singing and they'd be off key and still get saved. It's all about the condition of your heart. If you get your heart soft, you can have an encounter with God. Somebody say hallelujah. That's what happened with Jacob. Somehow when he laid his head down on that hard pillow, that hard pillow made him say, oh, I'm done with this hard stuff. Somehow I'm going to get my heart right. And I'm preaching to some of you. You're going to say today, I'm done with this hard stuff. I'm going to get my heart soft. Soft hearts make God split heaven. And God said, imagine when he laid his head down and he said, I'm done with this, okay? No more that line. No more. I am not going to be that guy anymore. And God said to the angels, come on, cut a hole in heaven right here. And the angel rolled out the blueprint and said, God, the architect did not say that there was supposed to be a ladder here. And God said, fire the architect because I said, put a ladder right here. And God said, in fact, we're going to name it Jacob's Ladder. Well, why are we going to do that, God? Because I got a boy right down there and he's got a broken heart and I got to get to him. Do you know God will cut holes in heaven to find hurting people no matter where they are? If they're in prison, he'll find them. If they're in a hospital, he'll find them. If they're on the front row of a church, he'll find them. He'll find them right here at New Hope this morning. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up and praise him. I feel the Holy Spirit in this place right now. I think God's finding some people right now. You may be living through a financial hardship. You may be living through a health hardship. You may be living through a marital hardship. I don't care what your hard times may be. I know that judges sometimes sentence people to hard labor. Might be the best thing that ever happened to you. Why? Because in that hard moment, God says, is your heart soft? Maybe, maybe at those moments, just sometimes, sometimes we need a wake-up call. And sometimes just me talking about, you, do you know what happens sometimes? You know, every time I find myself going through a little bit of a struggle, The only thing I can console myself with is I'm going to get to see Jesus somewhere in this struggle. 
If I could have whispered, I got to stop preaching. Come, please come get some musicians up here so I'll quit. But if I could have whispered in the ear of the disciples when they were on the Sea of Galilee and the storm hit, I would have at least whispered in their ear while they were nervous about sinking. I would have said, woo guess what? You're going to get to see Jesus because he'll come walking to the water. God never wastes a storm. He will, he'll never waste a wilderness. He'll never waste a hard rock. He'll never waste a, 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 a crisis. He will always make sure he shows up because he knows a hard time often makes a soft heart. And he'll use those moments to pull you close. So if you're going through a crisis, can I tell you, your Christ is right there saying, come on, let me pull you through it. Let me help you through it. And do you know what? My boy Jacob, he was never the same after that. He was never a cheater. He was, he was you know, in fact, he worked double time after that for people who cheated him. He, 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 you couldn't offend him after that. He was fine. Nothing, nothing, everything was different. I feel the Holy Spirit here. Oh, Jesus. your head for a moment. I don't know what the protocol is. I asked Pastor a while ago. I said, what do, what do I do when I get to the end here? I just, I told him this morning twice. I said, I can't wait to, to get up there and preach today. It's just burning in my heart. There's people here today. You've, you just, you've been You've been going through some stuff. You just said, I don't know what to do. I'm telling you what to do. Don't waste this crisis. Don't waste this moment. I'm not going to ask you to like raise your hand and do this stuff and do that stuff. Just stand up and walk up here and let us pray with you right now. Get up out of your seat. And walk up here and let us pray with you. Come on, right now. Come on. Come on, all over this place. I'm not going to like do this countdown and up in here and down in here. You, you, come on, come on. Pastor Rich, you're the pastor. This is, these are your sheep. I want you to come up here. Come on. You're going to pray over them. Oh, Jesus, this is, this is the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, the rest of you, stand up. Maybe there's others that just can't get out because you're seated. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. It's so strong up here today. 
so strong, so strong, so strong. Soft hearts. <laughs> I feel chill bumps up and down my spine. <laughs> God's got this. God's got this, sweetheart. God's got this. God's got this, sir. God's got this. God's got this. God's got this. God's got this. The rest of you out there, stretch your hands up toward these people. God's got this. God has got this. God has got this. God has got this. I don't don't know where the prayer teams are, but Pastor Rich is going to tell them what to do. But I want the shepherd of this house to pray. But I'm telling you as a prophet, I'm I'm speaking a prophetic word right now. He's going to pray the pastoral word. But I'm speaking as a prophetic word. I'm telling you, broken Brokenness on earth creates openness in heaven. When Jacob's heart got soft, heaven opened up. And I see see softness. I see broken hearts right now. I see people weeping. I see softness. Do you know what God is doing right now? He's got angels cutting holes in heaven over you right now. (laughs) 